For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Chandler Gwadney, and I'm joined in the studio today by David Magleby, who is the, he is a faculty member in the History, Geography, Political Science uh, Department here at BYU-Idaho, and he is today's devotional speaker. Thanks for joining me. Good to be here, Chandler. Absolutely, absolutely. So let's start with the question I love to ask everybody who comes in my door. What was the process like of, of getting this talk ready to present? I feel like the first few weeks were rummaging around to consider what would be an appropriate topic and hopefully what the Lord would have presented to the university community. After those first few weeks, I settled on uh, something that is dear to my heart, and I felt like I might have something uh, meaningful to say. And then it's just been uh, the process of editing, editing, editing to make sure I'm not wasting anyone's uh, time or putting words out uh, that don't matter. So hopefully we'll find something or each one who participates will find something of use. Editing. We're familiar with that here. We do editing all the time. So that that is normal to us. But your talk is titled, The Eyes of Our Understanding Were Opened. And that's a direct quote from a scripture. Why did you choose to title your talk in that fashion, that way? I believe that the work that is described uh, in this talk is of eternal worth and that we are powerfully prepared to accomplish the work when we have it in perspective. And so I loved this scripture as it describes the opening stages of what we have come to know as the restoration and that we can provide access to saving ordinances uh, to those who have passed on and are beyond the veil. So that our eyes would be opened is a suggestion that there are things unseen that with some measure of effort and a measure of perspective can become known to us and meaningful to us. And so uh, I believe the process has been in my own life that my eyes have been opened to what uh, family history work can do and uh, hope that others uh, will accept that invitation as well. As I interview people uh, doing these devotional talks, I've done a few of these, I have realized that as they get ready for the devotional, usually often what they teach here or um, what their interests are play a heavy role in what they choose to talk on in devotionals. And you talked about a few paragraphs into your talk, an experience you had doing family history with uh, or for your about your mother and how you your eyes were open to that and you were able to to experience her in a, in a different way because of of those efforts why do you think uh, or how has your position here in the history geography and political science uh, department here at BYU Idaho how's that affected uh, your decision to talk on this topic I'm a student of history and have been uh, for some years. I 
don't come to this as a professional historian. So I have colleagues who are uh, much better and uh, well-prepared to be historians. But I have learned to love history, and I think history provides, again, perspective for our lives now, what it is we're trying to accomplish, what we're trying to become. And it makes sense to me, and uh, I've, I believe, learned that those experiences with history in general can be personalized in our own uh, families and understanding uh, where we come from and the roots that exist in each of us. And so there's a connection there with just the general concept that perspective provides meaning. And from that meaning in uh, things of eternal worth, uh, we have hope and optimism and peace and a lot of things that uh, will bring us joy if we're willing to accept it. What would you, what advice would you give? You're not a professional, as you said, but what advice would you give to help people, students, um, people that hear this devotional talk, to personalize their family history? Uh, what are some things that they can do to, to help in that regard? I'm making an assumption that many who hear this talk will be familiar with Family Search, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints portal for doing family history. In Family Search, there is a function called memories. And when I talk to people who are just starting out, I encourage them to participate by providing or exploring memories in Family Search. What the memories does is allow uh, people to, provide, to put pictures or stories, write stories, or uh, do audio recordings like we're attempting to do now and make that uh, available. And I have had many experiences uh, trying to assist people doing their family history when they find something that they didn't know before or remember something that they heard a long time ago. And that just brings some connectivity to these people. So to me, it's the realization that uh, they lived, they're real, they continue to live, and we can know them. And it's those memories that will allow us to begin to make those connections. So that would be my uh, initial invitation. If you haven't done much with memories, begin by exploring what's there and then add some of your own. Well, there's an, an example in my uh, life. So I'm, I'm one of 12 children, and I'm at the younger end of my family. So I have older siblings who talk about their experiences with my grandparents. I shared uh, the one grandparent, uh, my grandma Jane, who none of us ever knew. She died before any of us were born. But her husband, my grandfather... Uh, he died when I was just a young boy. But my older siblings, who have five, ten years on me, had these wonderful experiences with my grandfather. And when they talk about him, I realize, yeah, I did not have that same relationship and memories. What my siblings have done for me is record or write down stories of my grandfather so I have come to know him better and create 
uh, a connection that wouldn't exist if they hadn't taken the time to share those memories. So uh, that's an example of something when, when people think, well, like, what can I add? You have memories of people, of ancestors that no one else has. You've had conversations with people. No one else was there. And if those were meaningful to you, uh, you can share those and uh, provide benefit to others. Like they did for you. Yeah. Exactly. And you go through a long list of, long list of things that people can do um, given, given certain amounts of time. Um, and I would encourage people to go back and, and listen to that um, because there are some great ideas in there. You can't get far talking about family history in the gospel context without talking about the gathering of Israel. And you got in a few minutes to your talk, and, and boom, it's right there, the gathering of Israel. And you say that the gathering of Israel uh, should impact all aspects of our lives. How have you endeavored to allow the gathering process, the gathering of Israel, to affect all aspects of your life? My hope is that I follow the prophet who follows the Savior. So in all things— I hope to be able to say that uh, I believe in and follow prophets. So when President Nelson says, uh, this is the greatest thing that's happening on earth today, I believed that and tried to figure out what that would mean. Living where I do with a temple uh, so close and with invitations uh, to serve in the church that I've received in the last uh, decade or so, it's become accessible for me to learn about and do family history projects. So when I look at the big world, uh, I rarely, on a day-to-day basis, connect with people who are unfamiliar with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. But when I open my computer, I'm 15 seconds away from thousands and millions of people who have yet to hear the gospel. So that just became the most immediate and accessible way that I could, in my current station and and season of life, participate. You talk about in your talk— uh, a story that President Nelson shared in a devotional or broadcast. I remember hearing the story, so I know exactly what you're re- referencing, but I can't remember exactly when it was. But he talked about a a time in his family where he, his, I believe his father had a visitation from uh, a relative, his father, so his grandfather or great-grandfather, uh, A.C. Nelson, and it was be- from beyond the veil. Um, and you had or you had a family experience similar to that in your family history. When you learned about that and when you read that, what were the feelings that came up for you? The story with President Nelson you're referring to, I heard at uh, the Roots Tech Conference in 2017. I don't know if he's shared that other places. But when I heard him share that, I was reminded of this story in our own family. And what that tells me is there's more to do than will ever get done. So my feelings, I think, were similar to President Nelson. 
when he suggests that there is work that we just don't see that is needful to bring about the purposes of this earth. And my feelings were joyful. I was grateful that uh, the individuals who were involved in our personal story, it happened to be uh, my grandfather, and he had a choice to make. And that choice uh, was to be a great sacrifice for the greater good, for the work to get accomplished. And that leaves me thinking, well, I can certainly find time as my sacrifice to participate. Thank you for sharing that. You said in your response, um, it often feels like, and it is true, you said that we often feel like there's so much to be done in so little time or something to that effect. And there are people all over the place. I talk to them all the time. My friends feel this way, that they're just, they don't know where to start, so they don't start. They're overwhelmed by the prospect of, of family history. What would you say to them? That was a point I hope to make in my talk, that there are entry-level opportunities. And that those entry-level opportunities don't need to take a day. They don't need to take even an hour. That there are times in our day or our week where if we're conscious of it, we can do meaningful things. So uh, one of the places I would start is, again, with Family Search. And you can get to it from Family Search, or you can install an app called Get Involved. And a great place to begin this journey in serving others would be what's called reviewing names. I serve at the Family Search Center here in town, and a young women group came in earlier this uh, or last week. And a young lady was there. She couldn't get onto the computers because she didn't know her, her login, and so she was just sitting there bored. And so we hooked her up with um, reviewing names. Basically, the computer has indexed the names, and you're simply letting the computer know, is this correct or incorrect? And it takes just a few minutes, and you do 20 names at a time. And the screen came up at the end of that that said thank you to this young woman. You have just helped 20 people in Costa Rica find their family. And she looks at me and says... I just did that? Absolutely. You just did that. That's called gathering Israel. And I see folks often, we have time between class. We don't count it as time, but it turns out it was 10 minutes of something and we entertained ourselves or whatever we did. I'm grateful when you choose to visit with other people and build relationships. That's fantastic. But there are other opportunities that just sit in there and click away on your phone. And in about five minutes, you can review 20 names and do something powerful. So that's the kind of thing I would propose as a starting point. 
that and the memories that I mentioned earlier are the gateway to getting involved. In that same vein, what do you hope as the writer and deliverer of this address to that students and people that listen to this take away? The Gathering of Israel is the greatest thing going on on earth today. There are more people than we can count who are waiting for someone to find them and to care enough about them to provide saving ordinances. Jesus Christ is the Savior of every one of those people. And you and I can partner with Christ to bring saving ordinances to those people who have gone before. That we would find time and energy and interest in serving those folks would be my greatest desire. And what is something or some things that you learned, you took away as you prepared this talk? I enjoyed looking through the discussion board and felt like there are significant experiences that many have had to testify that the blessings promised by apostles are real. They have experienced those. That family connections beyond the veil are not useful to us just in the future. Sometimes we talk about our eternal family as if that's coming. I felt stronger than ever that I can be part of an eternal family right now. And those were beautiful uh, experiences and feelings that I received and was grateful that others uh, were willing to share those as well. I've left with plenty of things to do in my own ministry. I talk as if I'm a doer of family history. I waste time that could be used in better ways. And so what I'm learning is uh, to be willing to sacrifice more and organize a day or a week where I'm more intentional in gathering the way uh, I think we've been invited to do. Thank you so much for your thoughts and your impressions and sharing those with us. Um, that's, that really means a lot to me and I'm, I'm sure to many of our audience. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. That was David Magleby. He's a faculty member here on campus in the History, Geography, and Political Science Department and today's devotional speaker. Thank you.